0: And a good morning to you. Good to see y'all here this morning. Stand with me, would you please, as we sing our first song. One day, heaven was filled with his praises. Lift it up this morning as we sing. One day when heaven was filled with his praises. One day when sin was as black as could be. Jesus came
1: Let's go, Lord, in prayer this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the day. Thank you for dying on the cross for us that we may go to heaven. And, Lord, just thank you and praise you for all you've done for us. Thank you for those that are here today to stop and worship you on this Lord's Day. Pray that you be with our pastor as he opens the word. Lord, I pray we open our hearts for what you have for us today. Lord, we love you. Thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Well, good morning, Central Baptist Church. So glad you've chosen to brave the cold weather. This morning, I don't know about you, but it was a little bit hard to get into the vehicle this morning for myself. Yesterday was really beautiful, but thank you for so much for being here in your place in God's house. So glad that you're here. If you're first-time guest, congratulations. Look at you guys. Being your first time here on a cold day like this, I'm glad that you're here. And if you haven't been here before, please stop by the welcome desk to receive a gift. We'd love to get to know you and meet you. have a special package for you on your way out. So please, if you've never been here before, please stop by the welcome desk. So I work with the teenagers, and we just started a new series on Wednesday night, uh, basically learning how to evangelize, how to win people uh, to the Lord. It's called Way of the Master. If you've been on YouTube, you've maybe, maybe seen uh, the materials that wave, the, I believe it's Living Waters produces, where you have people go on the street and ask people with the microphone uh, questions like, what do you think happens when you die? And we've just started this series, so we've been asking our friends this question, a very difficult question to ask a stranger. What do you think happens when we die? And I had the teenagers do that a couple of weeks ago, just starting out. And the answers we got were very, very interesting, from the friends of teenagers to myself talking to a greeter at Walmart. What do you think happens when we die? And it was surprising to me. A lot of people have no idea. They, they, have, they have no confidence of what it is. And if they have an idea, it's just a hope. And the person I talked to at Walmart, I hope I... I hope I turn into a tree. Is what what the answer was. I'm, I'm grateful because if you're here today and if you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you have confidence of what happens when you die. And the song that we're going to be singing as a choir, it speaks of that moment that we believe will happen for everybody. When we die, we will stand before a holy and righteous God. And if you are saved today, you will be able to stand before a righteous God, holy, acceptable, if you have, not because of what you have done, but because of what Christ has done for you. So if you've come in today and it's your first time and you're not sure, maybe you are hopeful that something good will happen, but you are not confident. I hope today you will make the decision to be confident, not in what you can do for your, for your salvation, but for Christ has already done. So behold, the throne of God above is what the song we're going to be singing today as a choir. Somebody's hand or greet or wave. If you see somebody that's never been here before, make sure you greet them here at Central Baptist Church.
1: seated. Our ushers are here, so we'll go ahead and take our offering this morning. Brother Brian Sellers, would you ask God to bless our offering, please? Brother Brian. Thank you. for
3: another
4: opportunity to be in your house. God, we ask that you put us today. We pray and ask God that you be the pastor of our friends and sisters. Lord, find them behind the cross. We the wisdom and power with your word,
3: the reference of the word that we study. Lord, help us to have open heart in the first day that we receive. The the Lord, come on. And I pray God that you would bless this offering that it can be here and the further you gospel in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
4: amen well welcome today it is good to see everybody out and yeah, our last day in January excited about that special day for us in a day of long uh, when longevity and faithfulness is celebrated uh, we're excited to celebrate that with Berlin and Miss Jenny not a big secret but today we're celebrating their 25th anniversary at Central Baptist Church yeah give them a hand that's good stuff <laughs> Amen. We'll have a reception tonight, and uh, so we want to be a part of that, and come, and and to challenge it, maybe to bring a note, a card, just a word of encouragement. 25 years is a long time. Uh, Berlin's been our youth minister, I can't remember how long, 14 years, 14 years, and then uh, besides that, outreach minister, associate pastor, jack of all trades is what that means. And uh, does everything, of course, fills in preaching for me. Uh, Phenomenal counselor and uh, just in so many areas. And then I think of Miss Jenny as well. And uh, basically she worked in youth for 14 years as well. And uh, worked with our ladies and counseled and decorated committee. And of course, she's now pastoral secretary and needs a lot of prayer needs a lot of prayer in that category, she works with me, and uh, so uh, with that in mind, and uh, so we appreciate them so much, but I thought of something, and you know, faithfulness is great to honor, and and you need to, but uh, I'm so glad it's more than that, you know, sometimes with faithfulness, it's just, hey, you made it 25 years, you didn't kill anybody, nobody killed you, you know, congratulations, and that's good, and, and that is an honor, I mean, to be faithful that long in itself is great. But I'm glad we've gotten more in the package than that, you know. And when I thought about Brother Lynn and Miss Jenny, I thought, first of all, Brother Lynn's passion. Uh, Don't you love his preaching? Uh, It it is. I don't mind traveling when I'm gone. It's really good for the church. Uh, They get to hear from Brother Lynn. What a wonderful thing that is. And uh, we are blessed by that. Brenda and I enjoy that as well. Secretly, uh, he's her favorite preacher. I know that. She knows that. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. You know what? I'm okay with that. And uh, uh, their parenting did a great job with the kids. Jared is still left. We're going to leave that one alone right now. But uh, where's he at? okay. (laughs) But no, great job. And you love that as you think of their children and they love the Lord and serve the Lord. And then I I thought about just um, his overall passion for the things of God. And um, I love that. I love, uh, he doesn't just mail it in. Belinda doesn't just come in, and it's like, oh, I've got to be here. Uh, he loves the Lord, loves Central Baptist Church. If you know him, you know that. It's not really a secret about that, and it's not a show. I mean, you can fake things for a long time. You can't fake it for 25 years. You know what I'm saying? You know, it might fool you for a year or so, but at some point, you know, you're going to see the real side, and we're glad we have. Uh, great counselors, they've actually gone and uh, taken classes even for more counseling. Uh, they love to help people. Uh, I always like to call it discipleship open up the Word of God and walk them through things and share the truth. Uh, prayer warriors, man, they pray for you all the time, pray for the church. Uh, and spirit, oh, don't you appreciate their spirit? I mean, it's good. I, I love their spirit. Uh, they light up the room when they come in in a very positive way. Uh, you know, the of, presence of God is there. and So we've been blessed. And uh, so it's not, not a big secret, but we wanted to celebrate tonight. Um, even if they can't make it, they'll be punched and caked tonight. So we're hoping they come. but. Uh, Uh, In that, it's what what a joy. Uh, What a joy. We like to celebrate here at Central Baptist Church. Maybe you don't. I know some families don't celebrate anything. I'm so sorry. Uh, That's not us. Uh, uh, There are so many things God gives us to rejoice in. And uh, we've just been tremendously blessed. Uh, We really have. So I'm going to ask Brother Lynn and Miss Jenny to come up. It's customary that we make them stand in front of you and embarrass them tremendously. And uh, so if they'll do that at this time, we do have our... Uh, awards that we pass out. The Bible does say give honor to whom honor is due and uh, that is appropriate so we have little symbols of that that we give out every five years. Uh, this one is a 25 year anniversary and just a thanks to Pastor Lynn Schuyler for your service, passion, preaching and devotion to God. We love you. 2023 and uh, then we have some flowers for Miss Jenny of course and uh, so we appreciate her as well. Uh, but let's give a hand to them and appreciate We're gonna have Miss Jenny come and give a testimony at this time. And uh, <laughs> no, okay. Thank you all for that. I tell you what, we love them, and I, I hope you will come tonight. We, we really do. And you know what we do here? Uh, after the service, we'll have like I said, some punch and stuff, and and just a time of fellowship. And, and honestly, maybe you say, man, I totally forgot. Things got busy. And I would challenge you even just a note of encouragement. Uh, come on tonight and you have a little thank you card or something and just say, hey, you've been a blessing. Those are neat things and those words of affirmation are great. And so uh, come with us tonight. Help celebrate with us tonight. It'll be really, really good. Well, we're going to finish up in Galatians chapter 6 and uh this uh we've been galatians 6 9 is our theme verse so i've been preaching throughout galatians 6 for the last month and we're going to go ahead and finish the chapter out today and tonight and looking forward to that and uh, i hope you'll be with us for that but so we're going to have a special we'll jump right into the word of god then We can go home after that. That's good stuff. That's preaching in itself. And uh, praise the Lord. Appreciate that. With Galatians, we've enjoyed the trek through Galatians. Our theme this year deals with resilience and uh, the importance of a just man falls seven times and rises up again. And uh, bouncing back up, serving the Lord, which is so critical and crucial uh, without a doubt. And uh, so we'll continue that. And uh, While we stand as we give honor to God's word today, we'll pick it up in Galatians 6, verse 11, and finish out the chapter. Galatians 6, verse 11. <clears throat> if you missed us, uh, last really several weeks, of course, those are online. And uh, our theme, verse, verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so we've been really laboring that and challenging ourselves to this new year, uh, not to faint, not to give up. Uh, you're going to get tired, you're going to grow weary, just not in uh, the things of God. And there's a big difference there. You know, physically we wear out, and that's just part of life. But the theme isn't that. The theme is not to grow weary in doing that which is right and good. And uh, so in this, we pick it up in verse 11, and it says, You see how large a letter I've written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ." For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. Thank you. You may be seated. Titled this glory in the cross and uh, to glory it means something that we find a great joy or rejoicing in uh, something we find great pleasure in Uh, experienced that this week uh, during our servants banquet and I'm gonna mince her by name I don't know if she's here or not so I don't want to embarrass if there's miss Denton how you doing I know you're in one of my sermons congratulations if the family would like to save this feel free to do so but uh, uh, in that uh, she was real excited about her grandson who's going into the ministry And I so appreciate her showing me that. She knew I would be excited because I'm a preacher. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, so she was showing me that and has a neat picture if you get a chance to see it. But right above her grandson uh, was literally, took his picture and it's outside and there's trees. But there is a literally perfect picture of a cross that just showed up. And the way the t- trees were and everything, and I mean, it's obvious. you don't have to look for it. It's not something that you, you know, have to, oh, I think it's there. Uh, but as soon as you look at a picture, you're like, okay, that's pretty amazing. And uh, so it was a neat thing, and she was excited about it. And by the way, she should be. Why? It's her grandson. Who, what grandparent doesn't get excited about their grandkids? If you don't, there's something wrong with you. Okay? I mean, parents, we get excited about our kids. We get excited about our grandkids. I mean, it's a natural thing. Um, matter of fact, We glory in them would be the title, the the word. You say, well, is that appropriate? It's what we do. You say, what do you mean? We find great joy and pleasure in them and what they do. Uh, We tell people that might not even care. How's that? They got a job. You know, they found a girl or a boy, depending on who they are. Uh, They moved. They're, They're doing this. They're doing that. And pictures come out and excitement comes out. And you see it on Facebook all over the place. You know, they did this and they did that. And we're kind of bragging on our kids and our grandkids. Even Paul said, did you not, that he has great joy to know that his children walk in truth. They walk in the faith and truth of the things of God. Even he found joy, pleasure in those things. And so the the word here says glory in deals with the fact that we find great joy, find great pleasure in. And Paul here is going to explain that to us here. And I love his illustration. I love what he says as he's concluding this. And he explains this great joy. We ought to find joy in the things of God, should we not? I've told you before, but I, I remember a long time ago when I was youth director, and that's a long time ago, and uh, going on outreach. Berlin leads our outreach, does a phenomenal job, and we're on outreach. And I'm youth minister, so I've got the teams, and we're taking them out. and We're in a van, it says Central Baptist Church. And as we're driving down the road, and I think it was 5th Street by the high school, there was a group of teenagers walking, and as soon as we drove by, one of the young people in our van ducked. I mean, ducked all the way down. And I'm driving, and I kind of see that and looking, and everybody's like, hey, what are you doing? He goes, I don't want them to see me. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't want them to know I go to church. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're on outreach inviting people to church, you know. But basically he was there because mom made him go, you know. And so it says he had to go to every activity. Here he was, but he was embarrassed about church. And I thought about that. I said, there's something wrong with this picture, amen. I mean, there should have been joy and excitement to say, hey, come to Central Baptist Church. Hey, we we don't invite people because we're perfect and we've got everything down pat. But this we do know, Jesus Christ Christ the love of God, the Word of God, and we're excited about it. In this passage, Paul begins to break it down for us. Take a look at it. He says in verse 12, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised. He begins to talk about these Judaizers that had come into the Galatian church, and in coming in, uh, they were acting very smart. Of course, they knew the Old Testament very well, and they were good teachers, and they were trying to persuade people to kind of follow How should we say it this way? Their line of thinking. Uh, And in the midst of this, as they're in the Galatian church and and what Paul's preaching and they're hearing more about Christ, at the same time, they've got all this old teaching of the Old Testament and works and the law and, of course, circumcision. Well, to be a Jew, as you know, uh, going all the way back to Abraham, part of the Abrahamic covenant was they would become circumcised saying, Hey, I believe in the God of Abraham, I believe in the covenant of Abraham. It was a physical thing that they did that marked them. Are you ready? That marked them that they were a Jew and followed God. So, as these Gentiles were getting saved, the Jews in their training said, Well, hey, you got to be circumcised as well. And they were taking great delight in trying to persuade and convince, and even were successful with some. I mean, they convinced some. It's like, Hey, if you're really going to be in this church, if you're really going to have everything down pat, you got to follow the Old Testament to a T, which means you got to be circumcised. So, I can imagine there were some submitting to that. And, and I know there were from the righty here. They were getting circumcised, and these Judaizers were excited about it. They're like, woohoo! We, it's almost like proselyting. We got another one. We got another one. And so off they went. It was an amazing situation. So, Paul's warning them about their motive. And he said several things. In fact, as I, as I looked this up and I thought about their motive, he highlighted several things. He said, first of all, as we took a look at this, he says their conduct is hypocritical. He says in verse 12, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution. But in verse 13, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. He says, what hypocrites. They are so concerned about you getting everything down pat. Uh, that, I mean, that you go out and you get physically marked and circumcised so that they can say, see, look, they're, they're following the law. But he said, but here's the problem. They're not. They're not doing everything. You know why? It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. So as they're making sure everybody does everything just right, for us it would be this, everybody dress a certain way, everybody look a certain way, everybody follow everything a certain way. We're more concerned with everybody following a certain outward marking. And he says, wait a second. He wasn't saying it's not that some of those things aren't important, as we'll talk about here in a minute. It's not that those things don't have some relevance, okay? It's the fact of the matter is they were majoring on the wrong thing and being very hypocritical about it. And then he goes a little bit farther. Their motive really, not only was hypocritical, but honestly very self serving. Uh, when you look at it, you know, their whole goal was just to say, Woohoo! Got another one. Woohoo! Look at us. We converted somebody else. And he says, Something's wrong with this picture. No, no. Something's wrong with this picture. The fact of the matter is, uh, let me help you real quick. Paul began to stop and he says, Let me tell you what's wrong with this. He says, You're glorying in the flesh and the things of the actions when you ought to be glorying in Jesus Christ. May I remind you, it was in Luke, if I'm not mistaken, when I looked it up this week in the book of Luke. And Remember when the disciples were casting out demons, how excited they got? I mean, can can you imagine that? I mean, here they are, they run into someone demon-possessed. And I don't have time to get into that. Uh, But as they're running into somebody demon-possessed, first of all, it would be kind of a scary situation. You know, if somebody was here and maybe Brother Matt stood up and his head started spinning around and uh, something like that, I don't know, you know, and he started talking in some weird voice, most of you would run, you know. If you're a guest, I'm never going back to that church. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, I I get it. That'd be kind of a scary situation. So if you had something happening and and all that's taking place and you felt the spirit, man, it would freak you out totally and that's understandable. And so now God's given them power and they're casting out demons. And when they came back to report about going out two by two and what God had done, the number one thing they spoke about was casting out demons. They're like, can you believe it? Even the devils are submitted to us. This is awesome! And Jesus didn't go, so good. Matter of fact, he chided them. He says, you're rejoicing in the wrong thing. See, you're rejoicing in casting out demons when you ought to be rejoicing in this. Are you ready? Salvation in Jesus Christ. You ought to rejoice, as he said it, that your name is written in the book of life, is what he said. That your name is written down in heaven and in glory. He said, that's what you ought to be excited about. And I thought about that, and I I see this chiding by Paul taking place. And I'm concerned that sometimes uh, we fall into the same category. We find ourselves glorying in the wrong thing. We find ourselves rejoicing and finding pleasure. And when I say that, it's more of a priority. Uh, Let me me explain. I don't think it's wrong to enjoy some things. Today we're going to enjoy... 25 years, brother and Miss Jenny. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says give honor to whom is due." If you want to be serious we're where we're at today from a human perspective? Because of that couple. I mean, one of the greatest, no, that's not them alone. We get that. But I'm saying God's used them in a great way. Now, we know there's nothing wrong to do that. So it's not wrong to say we're going to celebrate and rejoice in that. Don't take the sermon wrong. But they would say the same thing. Their greatest rejoicing, their greatest pleasure is not today. Matter of fact, to be quite honest with you, anniversaries are nerve-wracking. You don't know what they're going to make you do, what their people are going to say, okay? Is it really, you just can't wait for the day to be over, to be quite honest with you. You know, except for the cake and punch. But outside of that, I mean, I mean, that's a normal, you know? So they would say themselves, this isn't our greatest honor. No, it's not. It's important to see, but it's not our greatest honor. But it's not wrong to rejoice. Your kid graduates from high school. You should rejoice. You should be ecstatic. They actually make it through college and get a degree. Hallelujah, praise Jesus. You know, they move out and get married. That's a double hallelujah, praise Jesus, amen. I mean, all these things, they have kids. I mean, there are times to rejoice, so please don't take the message wrong. Paul wasn't saying you are wrong for rejoicing in anything. What he's majoring on is the most important thing to them was this. We are convincing people to follow all these outward external things, and we're excited when they meet those marks. Rather... Rather than what? We'll take a look at it. Paul said it right here. He says, But God forbid, in verse 14, that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. To that I say, Praise the Lord. In other words, our greatest glory. He's saying this in comparison. He's comparisoning their excitement, their joy, their pleasure, and, and people coming and getting physically circumcised. Like that was some great feat. And Paul's like, No no. We're missing the point. Can I remind you? He says, we're going to glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. But these men in verse 11 and 12, they wanted to avoid the cross. Matter of fact, if you take a look at it, in the end of verse 12, he says, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. So the problem developing in their day was, it's a heavy day of persecution. Anybody aligning with Jesus Christ is now a target. So these Judaizers are coming in and They like it. and They want to go to heaven. They believe in Jesus, but they're also heavily in their Judaism. They're kind of a mixed is where they're at. They're in this mixed situation. And as they evaluate, what they realize is people like Paul and John and Mark and Matthew, these people that say, hey, I'm for Jesus and go all in, they end up on crosses. They end up dead. (laughs) And as they evaluate, they're like, well, let's not get too crazy about this religion. I'll tell you what, let's be religious. But here's what I do notice. People that are still in Judaism, they're not being persecuted. People in Judaism, they're not being put to death. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to major more in this area right here. Why? We're A little embarrassed. We're a little embarrassed. I want to stop right there because we're living in a generation that's starting to happen today. I'll help you real quick. We don't ever plan to, and I know most of you won't get this argument, and that's fine. It's it's okay. But you're going to hear it anyways. How's that? But we're living in a day and age, and... When you hear your pastor get really adamant about why we're not taking the name Baptist off of our church, that term deals with a set of doctrines that we hold very fast to and believe in. It has a long heritage, a very long heritage of people who gave their life for what we believe. It is very popular today uh, to remove your name, and I'm going to tell you why, I've done the reading, I am a pastor, I'll, I'll remind you of that. This is my field. And the number one reason is this. Are you ready? Well, it's less offensive. Do you know how dangerous that thought process is? We'll get more people in, and and their their motive is we'll get more people in. They'll hear the gospel. So we kind of tag that on. They'll hear the gospel and maybe accept Jesus. But I'm going to be honest. I am a minister, so I'm going to help you. No, no, the real motive is the first part. We'll get more people in. And can I tell you, it's never been the goal of the church to get more people in. The goal of the church is still singular. One, singular focus. What's that? (laughs) Jesus, that people get saved through Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, the cross is offensive. No, we'll always be offensive at Central Baptist Church. You're welcome. And not on purpose. I'm not walking around trying to make you mad, but we're going to talk about stuff like sin because it's offensive. Matter of fact, it's your sin and my sin that keeps us out of heaven. It's our wickedness that keeps us. It's not all of our works and our rituals that get us to heaven. It's our sin that keeps us out. And the cross is a reminder of those sins. The cross is a reminder that somebody came and shed their, already Blood, another offensive thing to talk about. Which is amazing to me. There's so many gory, I do not watch horror movies. But there's so much gore out there that people get into. You talk about the blood at church, they're like, oh, they're talking about blood. I'm like, you watch it all week long. But our blood means something. Our blood's our salvation. And he nailed them. These Judaizers, they don't want to be associated with the cross. Because may I remind you of those that are students of the word, the cross was a negative. I mean, today we get, you wear crosses, you put it in your homes, you get excited about it. That's our culture. Back up 2,000 years, only criminals were on crosses. I mean, think about that. You, you didn't, <laughs> the early church didn't put crosses in their homes. You didn't go, hey, here's a cross. People were like, well, you, what are you doing? Are, are you on the criminal? Was this a criminal group or something? I mean, because that's what a cross was. It had this very negative stigma about it. It had this, you now are associated with somebody who's evil, bad. They're, they're a convict. But that wasn't Jesus, was he? They tried to make him out that way. And so these Judaizers knew that, and their culture was like, that's not popular. Now, wait a minute. It's not popular. It's not the, the going thing. It's offensive. And they're like, we don't, nothing to do with that. And Paul said, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what my greatest glory is. Are you ready? The cross. That offensive cross, which is by name written in the Lamb's Book of Life... For anybody who bows their head and puts their faith in Jesus Christ and trusts him as the only way, he says, that is what I glory in. And when I look at that, I said, can I tell you, church, that ought to be our greatest joy. You know what? You should never get tired of somebody telling their testimony. You should never tire of sharing your testimony. Man, man, that's a joy. Hey, when did you get saved? Well, i love to tell you. No, seriously. Somebody's been a long time since you've shared your testimony. Can I tell you? Our greatest glory is that. I said, man, we love showing pictures of our granddaughter and what she does. But greater than that, honestly, is telling people about Jesus. Telling how Jesus saved our life. Can I tell you? Tell people how he made us a new creature. Man, it's a wonderful story. So I look at this and I think of a couple things. And I want to share this with you today and we'll close. First and foremost, I think we have to talk about our motive. Then we have to talk about our motive. I think Paul lays it out very clearly here for these Judaizers. Their motive was off base. Their motive was messed up and I I thought about that and I think sometimes we get the same way. And I want to remind you here today what John said, I must decrease, he must increase. I remind you today in a a culture that it's all about us. We are so narcissistic today, it is mind-boggling to me. We are so concerned about how we look, how people perceive us. I'm going to help you. Stop it. We don't care. I don't know what you wore last week. I know you were clothed. That's all I know. How do you know that? The other would have stood out. It would have been embarrassing taking you out of the church. Okay. I, I'm just going to help you. I, I don't know what you wore. No, I don't care. Yeah. To be honest, most people don't care. <laughs> okay. The fact that matters, is we get caught up with so much of the wrong things in our system. We are so self-centered about, everybody knowing about my life and what I'm doing and, and my favorite, what I'm eating. Really? You're going to put on Facebook what you're eating? Unless you're sharing, what does that matter to me? I mean, if you're not sharing, please don't put it out there. You know, you make me jealous, covetousness, and angry at you is all that happens. There's not a, oh, so cool. Or if you're giving a recipe, but you see what I'm saying? Now we're just laughing, of course. But I'm just saying, it's funny to me how we live our lives by approval and everything and it carries over into the church so often you say what we come to church and how many people shook my hand and how many people said hi and how many people recognize me now we're a friendly church and that's wonderful but but i gotta remind you that's not what church is about that's a nice icing on the cake and for some of you you don't get a lot of that because you're rude did i say that out loud i mean you hide in the corner you avoid it but you come in at the last minute of course we missed you you know I'm just being honest. We are a very friendly church, and people want to say hi to you. But the reality is, if they don't, that's not why you're here. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. We're coming to grow and to learn and to worship. And I'm telling you, in our culture, that is missing today. And we're messed up. The church isn't a social club. Again, my best friends are here. I love it, but it's not a social club. It's not. When you make it that, it changes the dynamics. Changes everything. You come because we're here to uplift Jesus Christ. The one who died on the cross, bore our sins. The one who paid and got rid of our guilt and redeemed us through his blood. That's why we're here. Man, we got to remember that. We're here to glory. we got to get our motives back right. It's not to be seen. It's not to be applauded. It's never about you. It's never about me. It's always going to be about him. And when each one of us that are here, that are older, passes away, the church needs to still go on because it's always about him. There'll be new fa- people coming. we got a lot of new faces. I'm like, praise Jesus. And a, lot of, a lot of young faces uh, praise Jesus again. Because some of the older people, we don't look as good. <laughs> people come in and they're not so bad now. now. It's praise Jesus. I mean, it's good stuff. But folks, it's, it's never going to be about us. And John got it. He said, I, I've got to decrease and he's got to increase. Can I help you with your motive today? What's your motive for being here? If it's gotten off, if it's gotten off, I know sometimes you, and I get it, sometimes young people come because maybe a guy comes because of a girl. You know, that's a fine start, but at some point that's got to change, especially as a teenager. You're going to be through so many relationships, it's not even funny. Some of you are like, what? Yeah. So you may have come and maybe somebody invited you, but at some point you got to make it about Jesus or you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Most of us that are adults, we, we can attest to that. The fact of the matter is I come to worship him. My motive's got to be on Number two, I wrote this down. We should rejoice, not only that, but uh, he said something else that caught my attention. Not only our motive, but I like what he said here. We should rejoice in the marks that identify us with Jesus. He goes down, and I love this. He says in verse 14, he says, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified to me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availed anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this world, w- rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Then you go up to verse 12. And if you look on it in, in verse 13, at the end here, it says, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross And then in verse 13, that they may glory in your flesh. Now, this may seem like a contradiction, but it's not. What they were doing is just majoring on the outside. That's it. Uh, They didn't want to suffer with the cross. They were just majoring on circumcision and rituals and things like that. So, number one, he majored on the motive. But secondly, he's not negating the marks that identify us with Jesus Christ. The number one mark he's identifying is, yeah, the cross. But if we go into the life of Paul, can, can we at least... Since we know Paul wrote most of the New Testament, say this, are we not aware of the persecution that Paul went through, the marks that he bore on his body, shipwrecked, bit by a snake? Bet there's a couple holes there. Beaten to death. You know, you don't get stoned to death, and you may come back to life, but you're going to have scars. You ever get hit by a stone? I remember as a kid, two kids were fighting on a playground, and and, uh, I happened to be wonderful to walk right in between them. And the one kid picked up a rock and decided to hit the other kid. And I perfectly timed that right in the middle. And I mean, boom, right in the head, blood gushing out. Got to go see the nurse. We became best friends that day. I mean, I mean, it's blood. I thought I was dead. If you ever get hit in the head, you know you bleed so bad. You know, and I'm in elementary school going, ah! I still have a scar to this day because of that rock. Uh, I have all kinds of scars. Uh, matter of fact, scars are marks that identify different things in our life. Paul was stoned to death, beaten multiple times. His back, I bet when he took off his shirt, you'd go. I mean, he's got all these marks. Remember the eye problem? Remember being blinded when people would look at him? He wasn't a pleasure to look at. You think this is bad? Look at Paul preaching. I mean, he's got scars. I mean, oozing eyes sometimes. Got a cloth here, you know, going, turn in your Bible's. And you're like, I'd be looking down the whole time going, well, he speaks okay, but man, he's ugly. I mean, that's Paul. But, you know, when you saw Paul, here's what the Christian church saw. Somebody who was willing to suffer for Christ. His marks identified that he was not ashamed of Jesus Christ. Today we, I'm not even gonna get into it, we mark our bodies for so many stupid reasons. And it's funny, the, I don't know, the, just the, um, i want to use the right word here. But the over-desire to mark our bodies today for everything that you can imagine. And yet, are we willing to mark for Jesus Christ? You say, what do you mean? We'll go out and go through the pain and I, I do not have any tattoos on my body. There's multiple reasons for that. Number one, it hurts. No, every, everyone I've ever talked to, it's painful. And I'm like... I look at them going, there's something missing in your brain. <laughs> you should know if you have a tattoo here today. I'm not against you, but I think there's something mentally wrong with you, just in case you're wondering. The fact that you let somebody poke needles in you is amazing to me. <laughs> Even more fun are the people who do the tongue thing. That, that's, that's a joy to me. You know, and uh, as they take whatever they do and poke it through your tongue in intense pain, and you walk around like this, ah, how you doing today, Welcome to Walmart. It's a joy, it's a joy. And yes, I do stare at you because I'm like, I don't know how you did that. And I am staring at you and it's not a stare that, it's not an inappropriate stare, it's a, you are weird. Because I'm, uh, I'm trying to in my mind think who would volunteer for that because I thought maybe you were kidnapped is maybe what happened. And somebody did that to you now you're stuck. No, that, so, so again, um, so I'm not trying to offend anybody. I am trying to wake you up though. But anyways, uh, so I laugh at this stuff uh, only from, from this aspect. It's, it's painful and I'm, I'm always like, and you get old one day. Let me help you with this. When you get old and your skin changes, that which you think is pretty now, it's not going to be. Okay? And it's going to distort the picture, whatever it is. Trust me. Okay? Now, I say all that because here's, here's my thing with that. And again... I don't care. I really don't. I'm not here preaching, preaching on that or against that. It's just funny to me. But it's funny. We'll go through that pain, that cost, or the world will. We'll go through all that, and, and we'll take all our time to do that and to mark ourselves up in every way possible. But are we willing to take on the marks of Jesus Christ? What are you talking about? Are you willing to get scarred for serving Jesus emotionally? That's a big thing today. Oh, yeah. You hang around people enough, they'll hurt you. Some of you have a lot of scars inside, and you're still here today. Why? Because it's all about him. It's all about him. You willing to have emotional scars? Are are you? Because right now in America, we're not going to get a lot of physical scars, (laughs) unless you worked on the ministry homes. Okay, but honestly, we're not going to be, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you see this one? Yeah, (laughs) home number two. Yeah, probably not going to do a lot of that. What you are going to get is... um, A lot of scars of aging and weariness and emotional things for serving Jesus Christ. And can I tell you, praise the Lord. You may get the scar of mocking, teasing because you're a Christian and you live a certain way, you dress a certain way, you talk a certain way, you go to church all the time, fanatic! Can I tell you? Praise Jesus. Praise you. I don't ever want to be ashamed of being associated with Jesus Christ. And so when I look at this and... They were ashamed to be associated. They didn't want to be marked with him. Their motive was they wanted to avoid this, and they wanted people to talk about them and lift them up. And Paul just helps us. He says, I want you to understand something as I end this chapter. He says, I glory in the cross of Jesus Christ and everything it represents. And as a church, I think it's time for us to get back to that. Matter of fact, I think it's time for us to get back to that. If we're going to glory, may we glory in him. And did you not see what he mentioned? He goes, I glory in the new creature. I love 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, old things are passed away, all things become new. Don't you love that? Amen. You know, one of the things I love about being a Christian is when we got saved, um, man, God forgave all my sins. He changed me. You know, you should have changed when you got saved. We still question people today. I'll just be honest with you. If there's not a time where we've seen a drastic change in your life, something's wrong. I'm just telling you, every, everybody in scripture, something changed. You don't accept Jesus and just keep going the same way. I mean, it just doesn't happen that way. When I give my testimony, my biggest change was my heart, my attitude. Like when I was young, I was 11. I wasn't in this vice and crime. I did live in California. Greatest vice was stealing cookies when mom wasn't looking. I was a wicked boy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. So I look back at my life, it's not, it's not like all that outside change. Why? I didn't have time for all these vices. And I was scared of my dad, so I did what was right. I mean, seriously, we couldn't cuss. We couldn't do anything wrong. You know, but we weren't saved. But then when I got saved, there was this desire for the things of God I never had before. It was a clear difference. Aren't you glad when we get saved, there's a newness that comes? We just studied it, but I'll remind you. uh, You get saved, and by the way, we believe in one saved, always saved. We call it the security of the believer. When you get saved, Jesus Christ does all the work and saves you. And so we praise the Lord for that. I'm glad I don't have to work my way into heaven. I can't work my way to lose it no it's Jesus it's all Jesus but he's glorying in this and and I gotta I gotta bring this up because I think this is important some of you have been saved a long time now I want to help you real quick this is a very critical part of the message it's literally been on my heart all week we're gonna close on this are you ready some of you have been saved for a long time and something's wrong with you something's wrong with you you say what do you mean I've been a pastor here for 36 years now. I have a bird's eye view of what's taking place. I love our church. I love the spirit of our church. People are getting saved. God's doing great things. But I'm concerned with some of you that have been saved for a long time. You say, "What is it? You've lost your joy. You've lost your rejoicing in the things of God." No, no. I, I've watched some of you, and I, if I could put it this way, I was talking to my wife this week. I said, "I notice as I'm studying this, it's like the church is passing some of you by." No, the church is growing beyond you, and you've been here for a long time, and you used to kind of be in, and you're kind of in the in group and doing everything, and now we got new members. The church is growing, and God is doing great things, and nothing's changed about the church. Our doctrine has not changed one iota. Our spirit has changed. We're going the same direction. I mean, God's doing great things, but for some of you, here's what the problem is. Are you ready? You got saved, you accepted Jesus Christ, and you were growing for a while, and are you ready? And then you stopped. You have stopped growing. And you're on this coast mode, and, and you're not coasting uphill, you're coasting downhill. And if we talk to you about salvation, you know you're saved. You know how you got saved. But you've lost, I'm sorry, you've lost that glorying in the cross of Jesus Christ. And because you haven't been growing, what do you mean I haven't been growing? Okay. Really, When was the last time you bowed before God? When was the last time a sermon convicted you? I mean, when? All the revivals we have? For some of you have been saved for years, when was the last time you bowed before God just thanking for your salvation or saying, God, i, I got to change. Folks, we got to be doing that every year. That's an annual thing. We, we got issues. Why? We're human. And I'm concerned for some of you that have been saved for a long time because as the energy of the church, the church is going forward. Again, we're not changing who we are or what we're doing, but it's like you're becoming more distant, and here's why. You think it's the church. You think the church has forgotten you, and you, you think it's the church, and and that uh, uh, now all of a sudden we've changed. No, we haven't. The problem is you haven't changed enough. That went over real good. You haven't. No matter of fact, you quit changing. You quit growing. And one of the ways we see it is you're not as excited to go to church. You're not excited to glory in the things of God. And it's become way more about you and your family and your life than him. And I'm not telling you you're lost, but I'm telling you this much. You're not glorying in the cross the way we should. And it's time, can we say it, that we become resilient this year. This is a bounce back year. Isn't it time we got back to saying, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done. Amen. Oh, God, let me just come and praise you in this service. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh God, thank you for convicting me and I'm going to repent and change that. Bowing before him, singing his praises. Can I tell you, you've been here 10, 20, 30 years like me at Central Baptist Church. You still got a passion? Still excited? I am. I am. Still excited every year what God's going to do and who he is. You should be too. Why? Because it's always about him and never about us. I'm excited about new people coming. I love it. They had an energy, kind of like a new baby being born. You're so cuddly and cute. You're so soft. I just, new Christians are the same way. They don't know anything, they come in happy. That's the way you ought to be after 35, 36 years of knowing Jesus. Well, we suffered a lot. I've been through a lot. I'm going to glory in the marks of Jesus Christ. It's been an honor to suffer for him. No, it's been an honor. No, it's been an honor you don't think stuff's happened in 36 years at Central Baptist Church I mean, you're brain dead no but it's, been, it's an honor to serve him why? it's about him so Paul's looking he's closing the chapter out and he says this I will glory in the cross of Jesus Christ I will always find joy and pleasure in the fact that I'm saved and a new creature because of him that will renew me day by day and week by week and if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ let me tell you what Christianity is about it's about him We'd love to show you what that's at, about. And if you've been saved for a length of time and you've lost some of that passion, that excitement, that joy in Christianity, I'm here to tell you, it's not the church. and It's not the preaching. No, it's, it's you. And it's okay. A lot of people go through it. But you have a chance to change that. You have a chance one, once again this year to stop and go, oh, Jesus, thank you for my salvation, for all you've done, and help me to get on track and rejoice In you and the things of God, make it today, would you? Let's stand. Lord, we come to now, Lord. We do thank you and praise you, Lord, for your love. And thank you for Paul, Lord, his excitement for you. Lord, Paul could have gloried in a lot of things. We didn't go down that road, but Paul had accolades, Lord, all over the place. The amount of languages he spoke, he would have multiple doctorate degrees. He was the prodigy of the Jews and became the man who wrote most of the New Testament. Lord, his power and ability were off the charts, off the charts. And yet, Lord, he spoke about you. He didn't bring up his accomplishments. He didn't talk about how good he was and how successful he was. He pointed people to you, Lord. He never lost that joy and that pleasure of Lord suffering for you and serving you. And Lord, I pray at Central Baptist Church is this our stewardship month and our serving month. Lord, may we not lose it as well, Lord. Thank you for even giving us the strength to serve you. Thank you for the honor. Thank you for the honor, Lord. Lord, we thank you for our salvation today. We thank you for the opportunity to serve. And Lord, I pray you would be glorified today. There'll be one here today that doesn't know you. May they come and let someone open up the word of God and show them how they can know for sure they're going to heaven. Then Lord, for many of us, Lord, that may have, maybe this is the year, Lord, we bounce back and we get our perspective right. And Lord, we start glorying in you above all else. Not that we won't rejoice in other things, but you above all else. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe the Lord's spoken to you about something. Maybe this is a day just to come thank you for your salvation. Praise his name. Whatever the need might be, you come. If you need to talk to somebody on my right, is Brother Lynn and Miss Jenny. They'd love to open up the Bible and talk to you. But we always close with the time of prayer. So you come, page 161, softly and tenderly. Sing with us or come and pray to the Lord.
0: Softly and tenderly. Oh pleading, pleading
4: Give us announcements. Uh, I know we do have some baptisms today that he'll mention here in just a minute. No, well, God's been blessing. We've had, even in our Christian school, several very young people in the last week, except the Lord and Savior. And uh, one of the neat things about the Christian school is that opportunity we get to talk to, about Jesus whenever we want and uh, have chapel and, and, and just inundate with a Christian worldview, which is such a blessing. And so we praise the Lord for that. So I'll let Berlin come and give us some announcements here.
3: Well, we are very excited that uh, we have two getting baptized uh, this morning. Uh, They have put their faith in Jesus Christ, and now they want to get baptized. It's uh, Kayla White and uh, Emmalyn Erickson. And all those that like to receive into our membership, say amen. Amen. And uh, we are looking forward to that. And by the way, Pastor mentioned it quite a bit uh, in today's sermon, but if you have yet to put your faith in Jesus Christ, uh, the message of the cross of Christ is not due. Try harder, be better. The message of the cross of Christ is done. He did it for you. And uh, if you would like to be able to have more information on that, uh, we're going to be out in the foyer. Uh, please track us down. We'll take you in a private room and uh, share the word of God with you. You can leave today without, uh, with, with knowing that you are on your way to heaven and that your sins are forgiven. We would love to be able to do that for you. Uh, real quickly, before we have Brother Andy come lead us in some songs as they're getting ready for baptism, uh, I want to remind you of our church-wide outreach uh, this coming Saturday. Uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to go into the streets and put these on houses, and uh, just getting the word out with uh, the David Core ministry, uh, the e- illusionist, but more importantly, evangelist, as we have been uh, promoting that for a while. Uh, by the way, uh, if you cannot make that, we have been putting these on the Welcome Center, so just go ahead and keep on grabbing a handful, inviting friends and family. And then I'd just like to encourage you to be in prayer and uh, be ready to attend. Uh, we have the various uh, days and times uh, there in the bulletin. Please do note that. Uh, we're, go- we're looking forward to literally those two nights that we're having him uh, at our church. The- it's going to be max capacity. So please do be in prayer uh, for souls to be saved, lives to be changed. And uh, then lastly, Uh, We're so thankful for any guests that we have here today. If you're a first-time guest, uh, please do make sure you go to our Welcome Center. Let them know that you are a first-time guest. Uh, We have a gift bag that's worth grabbing. Just know there's a lot of goodies in there. And that's just our way of saying thank you for being with us at Central Baptist Baptist Church. Brother Andy.
1: All right. While they're getting ready, let's just sing a few verses of page 55 at the cross. While they're getting ready.
0: saw the light and the burden of my heart Glories in when Christ the mighty Maker died, for man the creature sinned at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my.
2: Kayla White here, based on your profession of faith. My sister, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. We're really excited about this one. We have Miss Emily Erickson. Good job. We got you. We got you. All right. We are sick. All right, Ms. Evelyn Erickson, based on your profession of faith, I baptize you my sister in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death, <laughs> raised to walk in newness of life. Good. good. Yeah.
4: Well, let's go ahead and stand, we'll be dismissed, and uh, some grandparents have some good shots there, I'll tell you that right now. Good, good stuff, and we appreciate that, and, and uh, if you need to be baptized, we'd love to talk to you about that. And know we have some others already talking about it and looking at it, and, uh, of course, you have to be saved first, and uh, some people are getting baptized just to identify with our church, like Ms. Kayla. She's been saved and previously baptized, just coming over to join, uh, and uh, so we're excited for her as well. Appreciate her and uh, excited for all that. Brother Andy's going to come to dismiss us to word of prayer. We'd love to greet you out in the foyer.
1: All right, let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for a good day. Thank you for meeting with us here today. Thank you for our pastor, Lord, and uh, opening the word. And Lord, pray that you would uh, be with us as we go our separate ways. Lord, pray for safety. Lord, just bring us back tonight to your house. Lord, we love you and praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.